Good morning. Glory be to God forevermore. Hallelujah. Amen. Hey, I'm, I'm really excited to be back in the saddle here in the studio. Uh, I took a week off. We were traveling. Uh, had to spend some time out of town with the family, but I'm back and I'm ready. Amen. Let me pray for you. We'll get right into today's uh, teaching. Lord, we thank you. We need your help uh, more now than ever. We need the help from heaven. We need the anointing. We need instruction. Uh, Lord, we need wisdom. We need to know how to do things, how to navigate in this day, in this moment, in Jesus' mighty name. I speak blessing. I sp speak favor. I speak may we have wisdom. Uh, may we be able to understand, comprehend uh, what and how to live in this moment. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Once again, God bless you. I love you. Get your Bible out. Get your notepad out. And let's get into today, to the, to today's study. I want to talk to you about uh, honor this morning or, or uh, how to be an honorable person. Uh, honor is a great power. There's a reward of honor. Uh, so today in a few moments I'll teach you the reward of honor uh, as well. First, if we were to go into Mark chapter uh, 6, amen, in the fourth chapter, or I'll start in, in, in chapter 2 rather, it says, And Jesus on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogues. Many who listened to him were utterly astonished, saying, Where did this man acquire all this knowledge, wisdom? Uh, what is the wisdom, the broad and full intelligence? Uh, where has this been? Uh, who has given this to him? What mighty works and exhibition of power are wrought by his hands? So, so now they're giving him accolades. They're, they're recognizing what's happening, what's going on uh, in his ministry, in his life. But then uh, here comes the dishonor. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Are they not his sister? Are not his sisters here among us? And they took offense at him and were hurt. That is, they disapproved of him. It hindered them from acknowledging his authority, and they were caused to stumble and fall. Then Jesus says, but Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor uh, in his own hometown. So let's look at honor here for a second. Understand, I'm going to give you a very simple definition of honor. If we were to look at biblical honor and say, how do we define it? We can say value. Well, you, you cannot honor someone that you do not value. Um, it, it's very, that's a very powerful statement. Please don't let this pass you by. Uh, I, I, I said this, I was last week, I, I was able to share where I was at in ministry and I made a statement. I'm a first generational pastor. I've been in ministry for almost three decades now, full-time ministry, uh, for 20 years. But as a full-time pastor, you, you learn things. You don't know things. I wasn't born into this. But there's one thing, a few things that come natural to me. One thing that does come natural to me is I'm a loyalist. I'm a, an extremely honorable person. Uh, so honor kind of is built into me. So this is a subject I love and a, a subject that I'm, I'm going to teach and impart to you with great importance. So uh, once again, you cannot uh, uh, honor someone that you do not value. Uh, another word for value is evaluate. And that is to look at someone's life and see whether there's a treasure in their life for you. Now, I'm going to get somewhere in a second, and I'm going to show you biblically where God's locked up your future in someone else's life, and the only key to access is honor. And if you don't have honor, if you're not honorable toward that person, you can't access the gift that God has 
that gives you access to your future. So let, let's look a little further now. Jesus says a prophet is without honor in his own hometown. Why is this? Because there's a familiarity. When you deal with, with honor, you got to keep the spirit of familiarity at bay. Uh, you have to you have to rather, let me say it like this, you, you have to keep the treasure or, or you have to understand the treasure that's in them for you and then look beyond uh, the, 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 and I'm going to use this word, it may not be a word, their fleshless, their fleshness. You have to look beyond their carnality. You have to look beyond the, the flesh part of them and understand that w- that within them, God has locked up a gift. Now, I want to go quickly to Elijah and Elisha. Now, go to 1 Kings 19, and I'll paraphrase. Elisha is a, a cattleman. He's just working the field, a farmer, rather. He's got oxen. He's plowing the field, uh, and the prophet walks by him, and the prophet calls him in the spirit. Now, I don't have time to go into we're all spirits. We can be called by the spirit. But the prophet goes by him. Uh, he answers the question. The prophet says, come on, follow me. I'm paraphrasing. And Elisha immediately uh, gets rid of his daily things. Now, in order to get rid of what you presently have and begin to follow someone like this, you'd have to place a higher value on the person than where you presently are. Let me say that again. So Elisha's got cattle. He's got oxen, rather, not cattle, oxen. And these were used to plow the field. The prophet comes by and says, hey, uh, follow me, or cast a man or or, or, uh, presents to him a spiritual idea. Follow me. And that split second, Elisha had to look at this man, had to know about him, uh, had to have heard about him. He's the prophet. And and at some point in time, uh, within that split second idea, has to say, Uh, there's more in that man. That man's worth more. What's in that man is worth more than my oxen, uh, than my plow, than my yoke, uh, the different elements. And the Bible says that that he burns it all up, barbecues the oxen, and begins to follow the prophet Elijah. Uh, How wonderful is this story? What a, what a, a person of honor to put his life on hold and follow the man of God. Now, Dylan, I don't think we have dates and we have timelines about a lot of this stuff, but I don't think like in Elisha with Elijah, when he began to honor Elijah uh, for five years, somewhere between they say three to six years, but I, I think we can narrow it down to around five years. When he honored him and followed him for five years, uh, I don't think he did this at the beginning. I don't think he started following him with the idea of the prophet leaving or of him being better at the end of it. I don't think it was for like a, a monetary reason or, or financial gain or any kind of increase. I, I think his heart was, I'm going to follow the man of God and I'm going to follow the man of God the rest of my life. And, and if I'm blessed in it, so be it. If I'm not, that's not going to change my heart. I will follow him. Uh, and, and I can say this because I have a man of God and Elijah in my life and, and I have uh, placed a high value on him. And I understand uh, what his life, what his ministry has unlocked for me, uh, what it's given me access. But it wasn't about the access to anything when I begin to value or begin to follow him. It was just all about 
Uh, there's something in him that I want. There's something in him that looks like heaven to me. There's something in him I perceive there's an element of God that I don't have in him. There's an element of Jesus, of the kingdom of God within him that I desire. And, it, and, it, and it, it's not like I'm following him for anything. Like I don't want him to die. I don't want him to die and, and get his anointing. I want him to live uh, for you know and go in the rapture together. And I think that was the heart. The Bible doesn't tell us, but it seems like that was the heart of Elisha following Elijah. Now it comes to the end of Elijah's life, and, and Elijah, Elisha, uh, is with him. He follows him five years, uh, lays down his life. Let me say this to you, and I'll reference the Shunammite woman in 2 Kings. But if you're going to honor, if you're going to follow, have a man or woman of God uh, that God's called you to, it's going to come at a high cost. Um, I know people get mad when I talk about cost. I know you get mad when I talk about money or treasure, treasury. These are all Bible terms. Jesus dealt with it. Uh, Jesus talked about it. Uh, a, a lot more than you think. It's just a, a trigger word to you because you've been hurt in ministry. If it aggravates you, it's because you've either been hurt in ministry or you're selfish or you're greedy or you're cheap or you've encountered a false man of God. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a, a true, authentic, God-sent man or woman that has a gift uh, uh, in them for you it's going to cost you the pursuit. There, there's a high cost in pursuit. Um, let's look. Shunammite woman, man of God, passes by the prophet. She stops. She asks her husband, hey, I perceive this is a prophet. He comes by here often. He doesn't have anywhere to stay. Let's build him a house. Now, a lot of you reduce this house to like a little room, but uh, she built him an upper chamber, chambers where he could come, he could pray, he could rest, he could eat. Uh, so this wasn't just a little, you know, junky room. This was a, a beautiful place for the man of God. And, and I'll say this here. Be careful. A lot of people want to give junky stuff to the kingdom of God, to the church, and keep the good stuff for you. No, offer the good thing to God, and, and you keep the leftovers for you. God always desires the first. That's just extra for you. Amen. Uh, so so back to Elijah, Elisha. Uh, Elisha placed a high value Let's, let's look at value for a second. Once again, I'm using uh, terms of things, of tangible things, so people obviously are going to get aggravated, but that's your problem. Dylan, let's just think about this. If you were to go buy, you, you just said, I, I want a Rolex watch. Now, some of you say, oh, I know the pastor's on top. It's all he cares about. No, I, I've had two. I've given both of them away. Or the right term in ministry is sold them to other people. Uh, but, Dylan, let's just say you're going to go buy a Rolex watch. Now, a Rolex watch, you're going to buy between 10000 and like probably 100 I don't know. But let's just say an average type Rolex around 15000 Now, the reason that you would buy it, you'd pay 15000 for a Rolex, is because cause you evaluated or you've taken time to place a value on that thing. It's kind of easy to place a value on monetary things because the world is blowing it up. The world is, you know, is, I don't want to say stupid terms, but they kind of, yeah, they're, it's just the world's thing. It's like the world's God stuff. So it's easy to look at that and say, it's a no-brainer. I can make money on this. But to evaluate a person, you have to look at their life. 
And the Bible says that they're going to have fruit and to know them by their fruit. So, so you can't evaluate a person within a split second. You, you got to see, you got to peer into, you got to be led by. The greatest way to, to evaluate a person is with help from the Holy Spirit. That's the, the number one way. The Holy Spirit uh, will begin to show you, will begin to, uh, in the spirit realm, lead you, guide you into connections, God connections. But back to evaluate, uh, once you value a person, once you place a high value on a person, you have now begun to honor them. Once again, let's go back to what I said in the beginning. If you don't value, you cannot honor. If we were to look at the scripture and use those words uh, synonymously or interchange those two words, we could say uh, Jesus in his own hometown was not valued. Uh, and everywhere else Jesus went, there was a high value. But when he got around people who knew them, they, they tried to strip him of his value or they could not see his value uh, because of familiarity. Uh, so uh, there's a couple of things here. Sometimes you got to get around people that will value you. Uh, you know, it, it, it's easy to be, when you get around someone uh, a lot, it's easy to strip them down to who they, they fleshly are. I mean, in, in their flesh suit, not not a bad person. Uh, but if you look beyond in the spirit, you can see a true man or woman of God and you can begin to judge or, or value them at a high level. Come on, are you still here? Am, am I helping somebody? Turn with me to Ephesians. Let's get into this kind of where I want to get. Ephesians and get into the fourth chapter. Glory be to God. Amen. Now, Ephesians 4, it says in, in the eighth verse that God gave gifts uh, I, I don't know about you, but I do like gifts, but I like to give gifts. It's good to receive, but I'm just the kind of person. I'm not a selfish or cheap person. I, I like to give. I, I like to be a blessing to people. But in this sense, the Bible says God gave gifts. Uh, verse uh, Chapter 4, verse 8. Therefore, he said, Christ is rich and bount, uh, uh, bounteous, uh, a gift. In the King James, it says, and he gave gifts unto men. Now it begins to, li to list the gifts. So if we were to drop down the, to the 11th verse, it says, and he gave gifts, some he gave an apostle, some he gave a prophet, some he gave an evangelist, and some he gave pastors and teachers. Now the most important gift of the day of the new covenant that God gave is the gift of a pastor. The, the, the most reduced gift that Satan has uh, reduced and has helped religions, helped people, disgruntled Christians to reduce is the most important gift. It's kind of funny how that works. Is Satan didn't attack the prophet, he elevated the, the, the prophet. In the time and day in which we're living, Satan has elevated the prophet's office, but he's reduced the pastor's office. Why do you think that is? Because there's something locked up in a pastor for the flock of God that is locked up in no other gift but the pastor. So hold on since I got here. Dylan, look at this. In the fivefold giftings that God gave, uh, within each of those gifts or one of those gifts is your future. So if you're, listen, if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, the system that God has set is he put five giftings on the planet in a man. Well, a man could, could carry all these giftings, but let's just say the most important gift, the gift of a pastor. That's why I don't try to get away from it. 
That's why I don't carry a title. I don't go, you know, use the doctor title. I don't, and I'm not against people that do. But for me, God called me a pastor, a shepherd over his people. I, I don't think that needs adding to. I, I don't think you know, that we need to belittle that name and take on a, a more grand name than what God called me. But, but let's just go back to a pastor. Most important gift on the planet to take care of God's sheep is the pastor. All right. In, the, in one of these giftings is your future. And you cannot go and, and obtain your divine future. You'll never walk out your destiny. Dylan, you'll never walk out your destiny. Other believers will never walk out their destiny until they unlock the gift that God's placed within these fivefold men or women. It's impossible. And the only way to have access is through honor. Honor gives you access. This is what I talked about, honor's reward or the reward of honor. The, the reward of honor is accessing the gift that God's placed within somebody for you. I met uh, Dr. Norval Hayes uh, 20 plus years ago. Uh, well, uh, it's almost 30 years ago now, my God. Uh, Dr. Norval Hayes, and there was a gift in him. I, I could preach, teach on the, on the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. I can preach, teach on faith. I can preach, teach uh, on demonology deliverance because I ex- accessed the gift that was in Dr. Norval Hayes by honoring him for two decades all the way to the grave. Uh, now, once again, I, there was a reward of honor. I could sit and tap into the anointing to teach that I learned from Dr. Norval Hayes. And there's times that I could probably teach for two or three days straight and just convey uh, what I received from Dr. Norval Hayes. Now you say, is that biblical? Okay, let's go back to Elijah and Elisha. Elijah says to Elisha, hey, you followed me, you've served me, what do you want from me? Now, uh, we don't have any biblical reference of his request, but it was a great request. He said to Elijah, he said, Elijah, if it's okay with you, I would like a double portion. Now, in order to have a double portion, he had to have such a high honor or set a high value to where the prophet would even think about giving him double. And he says to him, he says, I'll tell you what, you've done a good job up to this point. However, you need to see me or finish strong. We're getting ready to enter into a new season. The way you go into a new season is the way you leave the old season. So you got to finish strong. Amen. He says, if you see me when I leave, I'll give you a double portion. Now, here comes a chariot of fire from heaven. Elisha takes off his his, his prophet's cloak or, or, or his prophet's armor, his, cloth of arm, his clothing of armor. And it wasn't armor, but in, in a sense, it was what set him apart. And people knew this cloak. And as he leaves in the chariot, he throws the cloak. Uh, Elisha runs, picks the cloak up. Uh, listen to this now, because I just told you, in honor, you receive what was locked up inside of that person for you. So he receives the cloak. Now the prophet would cross the river. As the prophet crossed the river, he'd hit the river with his cloak, and the river would dry up, and he'd, he'd, he'd uh, you know walk over a dry land. So uh, he now recognizes what the prophet did, and he put a value even on the actions of the prophet, which would be prayer, 
and he began to follow in line with the prophet. You can't, listen, this new modern thing where, where the, the upcoming preacher uh, dogs on the, the, the prophet that got him where he's at and then changes everything, that's not godly. Follow the biblical models. The, the younger prophet, uh, he takes the prophet's cloak and then begins to copycat what the prophet did. He didn't copycat his message, his voice. He had his own personal tailor-made gift, but he copycatted what he did. Hit the water, water dried up, goes over to the other side, encounters God, comes back. Come on now, say amen. So that's why I, I can I can do and have access to the to the to the God of Dr. Norval Hayes, the God of Richard Summerlin, too, but just to make that point, and the things that Norval Hayes acquired when he was on this planet, because I, I copied, I used his anointing, I watched it, I, I do the same thing he did. Now, I met a, another man of God, Dr. Norval Hayes went to heaven. About 13 years ago, I, I became a personal, uh, I got into a personal relationship with Dr. Mark Barclay. In honoring or putting an extremely high value on these men, I've unlocked gifts. I've become something because of the access I have to them. Now, I was Richard Summerlin, and I did okay without, but what was what God put in them for me has shot me into the stratosphere of spirituality. I, I know things, I have access to information, I have access to a, a level of the Spirit that I would not have with the gift that God's placed in them that I accessed by way of honor. Uh, let's look at this now. I'm, I'm going to give you all the biblical reasons so you can't get on my little post and, and whine and cry and say it's unbiblical and false prophet and all your little nonsense. So the Bible says here, uh, he gave gifts. And then it lists the gifts. Ephesians 4.11 gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we come in the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto the perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So he gave... Uh, put a gift within them to perfect my gift. Wow. Uh, next time you think uh, you can do something on your own, uh, next time you think you don't need a person, a man of God, and you're just going to be your own man, you're going to be a self-made man, uh, you are in biblical error. It, it's not It's not sound doctrine. God's placed someone in your life or there's someone on the planet for you that God has put a gift in them uh, for your destiny or for you to obtain your destiny. Once again, let, let's end it like this. Let's end it like this. When you evaluate someone's life, and that just simply means you look, at, you look into their life and you, you place a high value. There's something in them I want. There's something in them I need. There's something in them I want to become. There's something in them that I got to have that's going to help me become who I'm supposed to be. Dylan, do you know why uh, I haven't followed other people? It's not just because Dr. Barclay is righteous, not because Norval Hayes was righteous, because I recognize the familiarity of the gift, the familiar gift in me. Not a, not a spirit of familiarity, but... I recognize that the gift in me is similar to the gift in them. 
Uh, so I, let's just say, and I don't want to pick on anybody, I'm not, and I'm not. I love Jensen Franklin. I think Jensen Franklin is one of the best men of God, uh, a wise, great businessman, holy man of God. I think he's just a, a wonderful, you know, a beautiful person. But I'm not called like like my giftings aren't close to his. So I, I don't want to uh, now Jensen Frank. I listen to him. It's not going to hurt me. But I had to find someone that that who I naturally am and who I'm naturally called to be. I had to find that person to sharpen my gift because it's very similar to theirs. So I don't want to leave who God's called me to be. I had to find someone who's been down the path that I'm supposed to go and show me that path. Amen, right? So for me, it was Lester Sumrall. The first person I ever listened to in the body of Christ was Lester Sumrall. Secondly, it was Norval Hayes. Thirdly, it was Kenneth Hagin, but not not as much as Lester Sumrall and, and Norval Hayes. Those were my two uh, heroes in the faith, nat- you know, natural-born earth heroes in the faith. And then out of that, there came others. But those two were the most important, and the third most important uh, role in my life was Dr. Mark T. Barclay. And that, once again, that was because I recognized the gift. I said, hey, who they are, how they act, how they talk, that comes natural to me. So I, I don't want to change who I am. I needed someone to help complete who God's called me to be. So I had to honor the gift in their life. Now, I don't have time to do this. I, I'm, I'm going to meet with some of my sons in the faith this week, and I may. Uh, but it cost Kim and I. I, I, don't, I don't even know. I, I bet you this. I bet you we're up in, if not into the millions, we're very close. Then 20 years of uh, we're close past a million dollars. Not talking about the ministry, talking about Kim and I in honoring by way of gifts, honoring by way of offerings, honoring by way of tithes. Uh, we got to be. I, I get the figures. But it's going to cost you to truly honor a true man or woman of God. I'm not talking about a false man. I'm not talking about someone that's trying to get in your pocket. I'm not trying to talk about some creepo, uh, self-appointed preacher uh, who's trying to control, manipulate you, trying to rob, steal from you, trying to get rich. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a true man of God where you can go look at the fruit of, a fruit of God in his life, the nine fruit of the Spirit, and you can see those fruit of the Spirit in his life. Uh, that man, that woman of God is a true gift of God uh, for you, and they're due honor. The Bible says to honor those who are due honor and to pay tribute. That's what the Bible says, Dylan. To honor those who are due honor and to pay tribute to those who are due tribute. That that word tribute means a gift, a monetary gift. So honor has a great reward. The reward of honor for you is your destiny. I love you. Thank God for you. Uh, maybe we'll get into this more uh, next week. But until next time, uh, be blessed. <laughs>